<sighs> Welcome to the Propane Fitness Podcast. If you can see us, it's a live stream. If you can't see us, it's a podcast. Which is... So wrap that one around your head. I know. Mind-blowing. So today, we are talking about and discussing Yusuf's big mug problem. I've got a big mug, mug problem. problem. Um, no, we're talking about the story. Specifically, the idea of covering what's actually going on with a load of factors that are external to yourself. So... Um, a pattern that we see or that we've seen over the years of coaching people is that they will check in with us and in the check-in will be a tidbit of information that's relevant. And that tidbit is usually, um, I haven't followed the program or I've deviated from the program or certain circumstances made the following the program extremely difficult. But instead of just admitting that, they encase it within a story, hence the name of the podcast. We live our lives in narrative a lot of the time and we use it obviously to help navigate the world but sometimes the narrative isn't helpful and what it does is allows us to create some meaning into the outcomes or to whatever's happened in our life but in a coaching scenario we need to try and uncover those layers of narrative as much as possible and get close to the facts and this goes with when you're keeping yourself accountable to your own progress as well um what we've written here is that this was an issue of um, no one specific. This is kind of the, the general story, so I'm not singling anyone out. A client writes a long email to me saying that they had to go to a wedding, so they didn't hit their macros. The next day they had friends around, so couldn't train. The next day they were at work, so didn't hit their macros. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The specifics don't matter. The fact is, you didn't hit your macros. That's fine. Like As a coach, we're not here to chastise you and make you feel like a dick for doing it. <laughs> It's about, but the crux of it is, we didn't hit the targets, the weekly averages have been off, and so we need to make the necessary adjustments to keep the ship moving towards your goal. So rather than, um, the, the more narrative that is wrapped up in it, and the more narrative we tell ourselves, the deeper we get into this kind of um, world of, uh, it's not lies, but it's like things getting in the way and, and re eliminating some of the clarity that we have over the bare data and the closer we can get to the data is actually more empowering than uh, than disempowering. The bare data. The bare data. <laughs> so yeah, I think the saying, I couldn't track my macros, um, or I didn't track my macros because I was at a wedding, like that's not the reason. The reason is that Shandy, you said having a Shandy. Diet Shandy. <laughs> of course. Um, with like, what, 0.1% alcohol? Yeah, 0.05. I've actually diluted this bottle, so it's even better. <laughs> What with? Water. No, really? That, <laughs> anyway, so the reason that you didn't track your macros was not because of the wedding. It's because the friction or the gap between what's being required of you and your life is too wide. So we need to narrow that. So either what we're asking of you is too extreme. So the strictness, the rigidity in the program is too much. There's not enough flexibility to account for these things. Or you need to build or improve your understanding of how to deal with situations like that. Both of which can be solved through coaching and adjustment and the management as part of the, the coaching client relationship. What makes it hard is when someone goes, oh, it was just hectic and I just couldn't track my macros. Like, that doesn't tell us anything. And actually, it reminds me of something that when Yusuf started studying medicine that he, he told me that changed how I interact with 
either a physio or, or uh, a doctor. Yeah. When I kind of, when my basic understanding of human physiology improved slowly as my interest in fitness increased, if I had like knee pain or hip pain or like a back problem, I'd go to the physio and I'd try and use like what I thought was their language and their terms to explain the issue. And actually what I was doing was just making it harder for them to diagnose the problem. And if I just said like, my knee hurts when I bend it, when I squat, it hurts more. Then it would improve their ability to diagnose it because it's just simple input information for them to do their job and process it. I do exactly the same thing where because you have a bit of knowledge, you come to the doctor and you you almost narrow their list of differentials for them. (laughs) And it's not helpful because you you may be completely off the mark. and, And actually, if you just present the bare data, which is, again, the bare data, it's how they are used to seeing that information. And then they will, you know, based on experience and pattern recognition, they will start to create the list of differentials themselves. And that's exactly the same as what a coach does as well. So you just turn up and, you know, the, like if you go to, normally if you go to a doctor and you say, I've got a cough and chest pain and they say, have you been smoking? And you're like, well, you know, I've, I've had a stressful time. But it's, like the doctor doesn't really care. Like it, they're not, they're not going to, unless they're a, unless they're a bit of a nasty doctor, they're not going to be like, you're an idiot for smoking, you're a dick, you shouldn't do it. But it's it's really just, can we have that data so that it factors into my treatment plan and my diagnosis? That's it. And this, I think this goes like even with, you might be watching this thinking, well, yeah, but I don't get coached, so this isn't relevant for me. Well, the same goes, although it's harder to actually maintain the, the loop correctly, but the same goes to just being honest with yourself. If you look back over a week of data and think, yeah, I haven't trained, but like I've had a really stressful blah, blah, blah. And uh, like my hunger's just been off. And I had that thing on Wednesday that meant that Thursday was... And you're like, that's it. none of it matters because that might happen next week. And if it does, then what are you going to do? Just never make any progress? The idea of a situation causing you to derail from a program is false. The idea is that you chose to derail from the program because... This, the external stimulus was was too much or different to what you expected. So you need to adjust your expectations and adjust your program so that you can correctly deal with those situations when they happen again. And I think that's the the probably the, the most succinct way of, of understanding what we do when we coach people is not give them magic formula number one and magic training plan number two. It's give them a suggested approach that we think is evidence-based, etc. And then we match it so that it's if their lifestyle is is following a certain pattern we match the program so that it follows their lifestyle and is as easy to follow as possible i think that's a really important point as well that it that when we have the raw data and we can look at it on a a larger time frame so let's say every week something is happening that is causing you to derail from your progress that's not a reason to then get down on yourself and beat yourself up it's a reason to then adjust your expectations and adjust the program so that we can marry the two a little bit easier rather than trying to do an unsustainable program and failing every week and just feeling terrible about yourself. <laughs> we have an article, you can, we'll post it in the comments, called Is Low Carb Better for Fat Loss? And it just says that even if, it's not by the way, so don't worry, <laughs> but even if low carb diets were 20% more efficient than normal carb diets and you would get as lean in 10 weeks in a low carb diet as you would in 12 or 13 weeks of, uh, of normal equal split diets. Even if that was the case, it probably wouldn't be any better to do in real life because 
it's so much more socially awkward to follow it's so much more planning required it's also just harder to keep your carbs that low and there's more cravings and you're just constantly aware that you're on a diet so this is what johnny was saying about adjusting your expectations to match the plan so i one of the things i do with a with like a, a new client when they're coming on board is we'll give them a as i said like a suggestion that is sensible that has typically worked with people of their background gender body type occupation all those things in the past before and then you just observe for a week or a fortnight friction points as they were so um as you have saying like in a for a low carb diet the number of friction points you have so a situation where you arrive at and you're like oh this is hard i don't enjoy this i need to do something differently like that's every single meal or every single time you have an interaction outside of your kitchen like hey do you want to go and grab it no i can't like oh we're going out tonight no i can't (laughs) So that's a friction point and you need to reduce the number of friction points. Rather than what some people life. do where they have a client and they'll just grab their head and <laughs> mash them into every friction you, point possible. What are you doing now? <laughs> <laughs> so rather than Get know, that on see- Facebook. <laughs> seeking out friction points and like just trying to run up against them and failing every time and mm. just having and a mess of a there's I think there's a a movement in fitness for, or in in loads of areas of self-improvement where like difficult is good. No pain, no gain. Exactly. Yeah. Because if it's difficult, then it means it's working. Hashtag beast mode. Exactly. (laughs) Hashtag sacrifice to win. I'm running out of them. We have another article on that as well. We'll post it in the comments. It's just called why beast mode is stupid. Mm. The crux is, the good news is that there's no way to accelerate the progress. The bad news is there's no way to accelerate progress. I think it's fantastic news. Yeah. Best news I've ever heard. Definitely. So the to, to bring this to a close then, the idea that we're, that we're really discussing is being totally honest and forgetting the, the story that surrounds the, the data that matters. And the data that matters is this week you had a plan or a program that you were trying to follow for diet, lifestyle, habits, training, whatever. How did you do? out of five, out of 10, like, did you stick to it? If not, then what, what situations caused those, but don't let the situation be the thing that you focus on. The, the, the fact is you did or didn't stick to it. If not, we can examine why, but only insofar as how can we adapt the way that we deal with that situation when it happens again? Not if, because if it's happened once in your life, it'll, unless it was like, you know, like a nuclear meltdown or something that probably won't happen again, but most social situations will happen again. Most situations that you encounter on an average week will come up again. So we need to adapt and adjust so that you can deal with it better over time. One final thing that this ties into very much, and I think a lot of people watching will will experience this fear of getting on the scales, especially after a couple of days of, of going off the rails. And again, this comes from trying to evaluate and self-judge and all of this stuff as you're actually going along. And we talk about separating planning from execution. So as much as you can, and it is just a habit and it does take some time to detach mentally from the number on the scales, but weigh in regardless. Make sure that you're tracking your lag indicators, the things that show where your progress is going. And as much as you can, don't beat yourself up about what's going on on the scales. We use that data over a larger time period to then say, okay, this has shown me that I need to make an adjustment here or I need to tweak things. Whereas if you're afraid of stepping on the scales for a week, then the damage is continuing to build up. It's much harder to then reel things back in 
once it's gone way off course. And following on from that as well, like as soon as you let the fear or the thought or the story of anything get in the way of you being consistent with something. So that's the same as I went out last night, so I know I'm going to be heavy this morning. So you know what? I'm just not going to weigh myself. Or you know what? I'm not going to tell my coach. Then you've broken the accountability loop. You've broken the entire structure of everything. Whereas if you just view it as like, you know what? This number on the scale isn't my problem. It's my coach's problem. Like, yeah, I fucked up during the week, but that's not my fault. The program should be better. If you start viewing it like that and just seeing it as you're a, you're a human, you'll fail sometimes and it's your coach's responsibility or it's the program's responsibility to adapt and improve on that. And it's not your fault. The scale being high or low isn't your fault. It's something else's or someone else's fault. Then the better the whole process will start to become for you and the less stressed you'll be with dieting. So the people that we coach that do the best, generally speaking, have it's almost like they they don't care what we think so they just if they go over their macros they'll track every damn gram of it if they like end up at a wedding they'll overeat but they'll tell us exactly by how much exactly yeah so they're, they're, they have no attachment to it detached the the emotion from the story and they've taken themselves out of this spin of narrative and just presenting the raw data so that's it just be honest stop lying there we go All right, guys, speak to you next week. Speak soon.